Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the big time victory last night for the Vegas Golden Knights, taking a commanding three games to one lead over the Winnipeg Jets by way of a 4-2 victory. Winnipeg loses Mark Shifley early in that game. We'll kind of see how that might impact the rest of the series. But for the Golden Knights, an opportunity to punch their ticket to round number two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. On Thursday, in Game 5 from T-Mobile Arena, we'll chat with Darren Millard around 4.30. He is traveling back from the peg. So we'll get kind of his insight as to what he saw there in Winnipeg for Game Number 4. Brett Howden, the hero this time for the Vegas Golden Knights. And if that's not the story of the season for the Golden Knights so far, a different hero every night, I don't know what is. Also, we'll get to Chris Chapman's perspective of... The Winnipeg Jets and their chant for Loren Brossois. Because boy, oh boy, let me tell you, it's kind of ridiculous. We'll get that. We'll get there. Uh, we'll also get into the rest of the playoffs. Like, we haven't really done a deep dive yet as to what has happened so far in the first round. We've talked a little bit about some of the series, certainly a couple of the series that were that had teams up 2 nothing early. So we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper in hour number two into those playoff series um, and my personal favorite playoff series so far of the first round. I wonder where Chapman's is. We'll get there. But right now it's time for you and your phone call. 702-876-1340. That's the number. 702-876-1340. We're talking the Vegas Golden Knights. We're talking another victory up in Winnipeg. We're talking a 3-1 series lead and a great opportunity in front of this team to punch their ticket to round number two. 702-876-1340. That's the number. We want to hear from you on what your perspective was last night for Vegas. What did you see last night from the Golden Knights that maybe you weren't expecting going into round number one? Is there anything that you view so far in this series that gives you the idea that the Golden Knights are are a team that is really set up to dive deeper? A, a team that's really set up to go farther and farther? Or are they right where you imagine that they would be? Is this Golden Knights team exactly the team that you thought they would be? A team that would come in against a tougher opponent than I think a lot of people had had pegged as, as, as what the Winnipeg Jets are. And they've done a great job handling this team. So that's my that's my challenge to you. 702-876-1340 is the number as we look at telephone lines that are not 
necessarily working. What's going on, Chapman? Yeah, I, I found it odd that nobody was calling, so I called the number myself, and it just rang and rang and oh, rang, boy. and then I went to pick up the phone to yep. make a phone call, mm -hmm. and our entire thing is down. So uh, Can you unplug it? I think that's what I'm going to do. All you right. know, there, there have been multiple times where I've had to, <laughs> and you know, you know, but there yeah. have been multiple times where I have thought about picking up this phone and just smashing it. On a scale of 1 to 10, like how angry are you at the phone right now? I'm pretty high. Like, probably like, like a 7. Oh, so you're not like Spinal Tap, this goes to 11? No, not, not you're yet. You're not there yet. Not yet. Now, if I unplug it and plug it back in and it doesn't work, yep. the temperature may rise a little bit. All right, so Chapman's going to unplug the phones for right now so that we can get to your phone calls. I, I do want to just take a moment, though, to talk about so far this first-round series for the Golden Knights. And the thing that impressed me most about the game last night is that the Golden Knights had to play, in my estimation, a perfect road game, and they did. I love the fact that the Golden Knights were able to weather the storm early. And listen, I know Winnipeg scored first. I know the Jets had a little bit of a push early on in that game. But what I think I liked the most about the Golden Knights and their response in that moment is that this was a team that took that punch and they were able to find their game shortly thereafter. And then you get into the second period. It's a tie game. The fact that the Jets didn't have a lead coming out of that first period was probably a bit demoralizing, especially with the information on Mark Shifley, him not being able to finish the game. It's a great breakaway opportunity for Shifley early, and then what ends up happening is pretty unfortunate, right? You have a situation where Mark Shifley... Gets gets that opportunity. Loren Brossois comes up with a big-time stop. Shifley goes into the boards, then on an empower play. He tries to take a one-timer, comes up lame, goes to the bench, doesn't play the rest of the game. And whether or not Shifley is going to be available in game number five remains to be seen. So with all that kind of swirling, and as well as the Jets played early, I think it was pretty demoralizing for this Winnipeg team to go to the locker room after one period without a lead. And you got to give a lot of credit to the Golden Knights for finding a way to even things up, for finding a way to get themselves into a position where they, they were able to kind of take the game over. The second period, that's what happened for the Golden Knights. They took the game over. They played about as well of a period of hockey as you could possibly play on the road. Not a lot going on for Winnipeg. No real odd man rushes. No real dangerous chances. Loren Brossois dialed in a bit. Then you give him a lead. Right. And and that's the thing for me. When I when I think about the Golden Knights and their ability to kind of shut things down, they have a lead. They become very difficult to score on. And full marks to the Winnipeg Jets for pushing like they did in that third period. But more than anything, like I look at this situation and I say the Golden Knights have learned something. And that's if I were calling in and we're still working on the phone lines, Chapman is furiously trying to figure it out right now. But the thing for me that I find most interesting about the game last night is that you want to see growth in a game. You want to see growth from a team throughout a playoff series. You don't want this team and the Golden Knights to be the same as they were in game number one as they'll be in game five or game seven or in the second round, whatever it is. You want to see a team get better, understand certain situations, and then make the adjustments necessary in order to win. And for a Golden Knights team that in game number three had a lead evaporate in the third period, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the, the case in game number four. I know Winnipeg had chances in the third period. 
And I argued after game three, and, and I'll get I'll bring Chapman on here in a minute. I argued in game three that even though the Jets tied the game late in the third period, I don't feel like the Golden Knights took their foot off the gas. I don't feel like it was, quote, prevent defense from Vegas in game number three. I just think the, the Winnipeg Jets had a couple of opportunities that ended up in the back of the net. I really didn't. And so what do you learn from that? How do you get better? How do you improve? Well, it's usually beneficial to not have to go two overtimes deep in order to win a game that you had a three-goal lead in the third period in the first place. And so what did the Golden Knights do? They found a way to close the game out before needing overtime. They found a way to close the game out in regulation, and they did it by virtue of playing solid and structured defensively, and then they took advantage of their opportunity with the extra man on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets. Mark Stone, Brett Howden almost connected for a goal before that empty netter, but the fact of the matter is the Golden Knights learned from what happened in game number three, even though they won that game, and they rolled it forward into game number four. They made it a situation where they could find the victory in regulation, and they didn't have the same issues crop up in game four as they had in game number three. And more than anything, I'm looking at that as a team that is adapting and growing and getting better as the playoffs wear on, and that should give you a lot of confidence as we move forward. Understanding what you're seeing right now between the Los Angeles Kings and the Edmonton Oilers, whoever should Vegas get to the second round, either one of those teams, whoever they should play, is going to be a very, very difficult series. So the more you learn, the more you grow, the more you can improve between now and then, the better for the Golden Knights. And I think their ability to close the game out last night was the most important piece of information we pull out of that game, even more so than the 3-1 series lead. Chapman, what say you? Yeah, I mean, look, they, 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 they accomplished their mission. You know, you and I talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. At this time of year... I could care less how they win the game. I don't care if it's if it's the ugliest game they play all season. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters is getting win and getting one step closer to the Stanley Cup. Uh, they are now uh, three three wins closer to their ultimate goal than they were just a week ago. So uh, look, I mean, last night's game it, it was interesting for a variety of reasons. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was it was one of the more I don't want to say physical because I, I I don't think that's the right word, but I thought there were there were a little certainly in Winnipeg mm-hmm. there were a lot more liberties taken by the Jets sure um, than than we had seen in the first two games in Vegas, but the Golden Knights they don't seem to be bothered by that. I don't think they should be. I mean, if if we've seen anything from this team, it's that they're not afraid. They're not afraid of engaging in the physical nature of the game, right? Like that's the main thing for me when it comes to the Golden Knights, is you don't always have to seek it out, but you do have to respond and you do have to find ways to arrive when it's there. And I think the Golden Knights so far in this series have done a really, really good job of taking whatever's there physically and finding the answer. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we seen it more more so from the Winnipeg Jets than, than I think maybe we anticipated. Like, I, w- I wasn't really expecting that type of series to take place but the stuff that they're doing with Mark Stone I mean he doesn't he he's not responding the way that that I think they want him to mm-hmm. 
And I think that's getting under their skin. Well, Mark Stone's a physical player, right? Like he's he's a bigger body. And I think when you're going to try to intimidate Mark Stone, it's not really going to work on an individual basis with Mark. Like he's going to be able to hang in there. He's going to be able to take that. And what you're seeing out of Mark right now is a very, very good sign, right? Because you've got a guy who is going through that protocol of coming back into the lineup, had back surgery in in January, and he's dealing with all of the physicality, and he's not slowing down at all. And that's the most important thing for me is, you want to play Mark Stone physically? That's fine. You're going to have to answer to Keegan Colasar. You're going to have to answer to Brad Howden. You're going to have to answer to big-time hits in response from Braden McNabb. It's not just one player that's kind of answering the bell there for the Golden Knights. It's team-wide. You go after the captain... You're going to have to deal with everybody. Yeah, and, and look, the, Mark Stone has shown that he can take it so far, mm-hmm. but I also think that that, that kind of lends credence to the fact that you want to close this game out, this series out on oh, Thursday yeah. night. Yeah. Get the additional rest, uh, allow his body to heal, because you, you have to think as we go deeper into this playoff run, that's just going to ramp up, right? Like, this is just the appetizer, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, and look, Credit to Mark. He he's not he he's not showing any signs of being bothered. No, and, you know I, as far as the the actual play on the ice, the Golden Knights are the better team. Mm-hmm. They're deeper. They're better. You take Josh Morrissey out. Obviously, no Nikolai Ehlers for Winnipeg. We don't know, as you mentioned, the status of Mark Shifley. By the way, I, I saw some people whining about saying it was a trip on the run. Yeah, like like it, yeah, and 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 I I don't know the exact rule, but. From my understanding, the onus is on the skater to mm-hmm. avoid the stick in mm-hmm. that situation, because I think Brossois was still in the crease. It's not like he came out and and you know. Well, but, he's making a save, right? Yes. Like, so, <laughs> so what are you so, supposed to do? Not make the save? Yeah, so, so I don't, I don't understand that. But it's sour grapes. Um, and, and either way, like, call a two minute penalty for tripping if that makes you feel better. But yeah. like, it's still Shifley going hard to the net. It's still Laurent Brossois taking the taking the space that he needs to make the save. Yeah. Sometimes those things ha- those things happen. It's unfortunate in the context of everything else that's happened with the Winnipeg Jets. But y- you're trying to make a play there, just like Shifley's trying to make a play by yeah. going that hard to the front of the net. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and and we've seen goalies get hit. Yeah. You know, there there was a moment last night where I think it was Brett Howden was was checked into the the the, the net mm-hmm. and uh took out Hellebuck as well. Um so so it's 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 unfortunate that Shifley was injured, but at the end of the day, there's nothing Laurent Brossois did that was wrong. I mean everything he did was right. He he did the right thing there. So um, by the way, I, I think our phones may be up, so I'm going to test right. it real quick, and I think we'll be good. All right, fantastic. So while Chapman is testing out the phone lines, we'll throw the number out one more time. 702-876-1340. I know it's about 15 minutes late, but Kevin, to the rescue, has figured it all out. 702-876-1340, that's the number. We want to hear from you. The Golden Knights take a commanding three games to one lead over the Winnipeg Jets. They sweep those two games in Winnipeg and now have a great opportunity in front of them to finish the series off on Thursday night in game number five. And if you remember back, John Shannon, fantastic stuff every single time he comes on the show. John Shannon spoke at length about what led to the success last season for the Colorado Avalanche, why they were able to win the Stanley Cup, and it's closing out series early on so that you can get your rest. You never want to be rusty, but for a team right now in the Golden Knights that, that that's trying 
trying as much as they can to kind of get through these things. You want as much as much rest as possible. As Chapman just kind of pointed out with Mark Stone, you want to close this out as early as you can to get more rest, more recovery, and that's what's well, yeah, at stake and, for the Golden Knights. It's not just Mark Stone, right? We saw Brady McNabb miss a shift yeah. last night. Yeah. So I mean, that's unusual, but it's it's there's guys who are probably dealing with bumps and bruises that we don't even know about. Oh, absolutely. Plus, and plus the other the other aspect is. The longer between series, the more likely it is that you have the potential to get someone like William Carrier back well, as well. There's there's the potential to have more options, but there's also the understanding, and I don't know how you feel about it. L.A. Edmonton's going seven games. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I'm, like, I'm 100% there. We, we know it's going six, but it's probably going seven. And if it's going seven... You want to close yours out in five. Like yeah. I, even even if you're a little rusty in game number one, it doesn't really matter. The rest is going to do you a lot of good, especially when you put into like context how physical this series has been between Vegas and the Winnipeg Jets. 702-876-1340, that's the number. Let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Rick. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Doing well, guys. How about yourselves? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Yeah, I just want to say it. At- at no point during that game last night did I feel like the Knights were going to lose. I mean, I don't know if that was wrong or not, but even when they scored first, you didn't see anything but you know from their body language or, or at all. I think they know they are the better team, and if they get to their game, mm-hmm. the Jets can't compete with them. They just kind of faltered, letting them get back in it. But in reality, the Jets don't even you know pose a, a threat to them. Is I, my thought. Yeah, you know, I agree with you in that I don't think the Golden Knights have any panic whatsoever. I I think that they are a very, very confident team, and they believe wholeheartedly in the depth that they have. So as these games wear on and as the injuries kind of pile up right now for the Winnipeg Jets, you're stressing a lot of players and playing a lot of players, a, a small amount of players, a lot of minutes. And for the Golden Knights, they're able to just kind of roll over their four lines, and all of a sudden you're able to create mismatches because you have fresher guys down the road. So I agree with you in that I think the Golden Knights are the, are the deeper team. They've proven through four games they're the better team, and now it's just about closing it out in game number five. Hey, let me ask you one thing. Where do you put Carrier? Like, who do you take out? Yeah, I mean that's that's a really good question, Rick. And How thanks. about Wah? I mean, he's not well know, doing much. He's still good defensively, of course, but yeah, I don't think you're moving Wah out. Carrier is not a center, right? So I think Wah will will remain your fourth line center. Thanks, Rick, for the call. Um, I mean, if you're putting Carrier in, right? Like you're you're putting him in in one of two spots where Michael uh, where where you got Brett Howden alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, and I don't know that you make that move, right? Or Ivan Barbashev, but it's not going to be to take Ivan Barbashev out of the lineup. I, I think that your most obvious choice, if you were going to go down this route, and I'm not saying that this is the route you go down, you take Michael Amadio out of the lineup, you move Ivan Barbashev up to the top line with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marcheseau, and then you put Will Carrier back in on the fourth line alongside Wah and Kolasar. Like that would be the way that I would see it, but. We're talking about Michael Amadio, who scored the game-winning goal in game number three and has been a player you can put literally anywhere in the lineup, and he's going to give you something. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation with someone the other day. I I, I don't know if Will Carrier automatically goes back into the lineup. You know, like, like the thing is, there's every single player who's mm-hmm. played in this series for the Golden Knights has earned their spot. Michael Amadio has been really good, right? And mm-hmm. it's and it's not even just the goal. 
Yeah. It's the little things that Michael Amadio does. Michael Amadio is is a guy, and Bruce Cassidy talked about it a little bit the other day, where you know, he's he's had a tough road to the Good. NHL. Yeah. And he's seizing this opportunity. Brett Howden goes up to Winnipeg, and and aside from the two goals, Brett Howden's a physical presence. Yep. Like he he has telling Bruce Cassidy, you're not pulling me out of this lineup. The wah the wah is is interesting because you could move Brett Howden to fourth line center, and then you have that spot on the wing. But for see, Carrier, but but I don't think you take Wild because he's so good on the penalty kill. Yeah, he's so good on the penalty kill. He's a good faceoff guy. I I don't think Nick Wah comes out of the lineup just because he hasn't scored a goal doesn't mean he hasn't been impactful or been effective. And so I think that you've got a situation right now where the Golden Knights have a lot of really good players and some good players are going to have to come out of the lineup. Some good players are going to have to sit even if they're healthy. And that's the reality of the situation. We, we've talked about depth all year, right? Like we, going into the playoffs, we talked about what was most impressive, or I talked about what was most impressive about this season for the Golden Knights. And it's been their depth all the way through. I don't see there being any reason why it shouldn't be depth at this point of the year. They've been a team that has had a different hero every single night. And that's the formula that has worked for them. So when Will Carrier is healthy and available and ready, we'll see how things shake out. Because who knows when that's going to be, number one. And two, how things are going to go. Right now, Brett Howden, he's found something with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And a lot of it's predicated on his speed, his direct nature, and it gives another option to Mark Stone to use his brain to pick apart a Winnipeg Jets team using the speed of both Brett Howden and Chandler Stevenson. Yeah, and, and it's funny because you talk about the depth, and I can go back to very, or very, very early in this season, and one of the things Bruce Cassidy talked about was depth scoring, mm-hmm. Yep, how they seem to get it every single night. You know, you listen to Jack Eichel and his pressers, and, and you listen to Mark Stone when he came back, and one of the things that they emphasize is from top to bottom, there's not one guy on this team who doesn't do his job. Yeah, like every there, there's no soft spot. I mean, obviously you have you have elite players and then you have good players, but every single guy goes out there, does his job. They they know what their role is, and and every night it seems like someone else is stepping up. Even with the with the job description changing at times, I just mentioned Michael Amadio, right? Before the end of the season, Michael Amadio was playing fourth line minutes for this team. And now he is a top-line left winger alongside Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. And that's the type of depth we're talking about. You have players that can slot in anywhere and make an impact wherever they are slated. 702-876-1340. That's the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're good. So glad to have you back, Ryan. Glad you're feeling better. Thank um, you. Thank you, Chapman, for filling in yesterday. You did a great job. Um I cannot remember the question you asked, but one of the things that I actually wanted to talk about was um, previously for game three, before game three, and I think before game two, a lot of people are talking about really wanting to see the power play be impactful. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you look at the score sheet for the game, it wasn't, you know, right? Air quotes, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But two seconds after the power play, that goal was generated by the power play, and it was a really pivotal goal in the game. So that was a really good, like Jack Eichel's, power play goals were amazing like don't get me wrong but i think that in context the goal yesterday by the tipped in by william carlson right um that was generated by the power play that is the impact that you want to see from your power play whether it counts or not 
Yeah, I don't I don't care that it doesn't count. Like I'm with you. You can view that as a power play goal all day long. It was three, four seconds maybe after the the penalty expires. And you get that goal because you're set up in zone, because you're moving the puck quickly, and because you've got a player going hard to the front of the net and William Carlson. So I, I'm with you. It doesn't count as a power play goal, but I can view it in that realm and and look at it as as the Golden Knights coming through with a special teams goal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, what you want to see moving forward is is getting the power play going. And obviously it has. We went from nothing the first two games, right, to two goals in the last, uh, the third game. And then that one yesterday, like the power play is bringing momentum into the series and it's, it's making a big difference. I'm, I'm with you there. Thanks, Stephanie, for the call. Um, I, I talked about it prior to game three and fortunately Jack Eichel made me look good but I said that the power play was was going to break out it was it was it was rounding into form you were starting to see some of the things you needed to see you wanted to see uh if Jack Eichel's willing to rip one-timers that power play is going to open up it, it really is and you saw a little bit that first unit yesterday for the Golden Knights looking for those cross ice passes, looking for those seams because Eichel had that game where he ripped two one-timers. All of a sudden, things open up a little bit, but you still have to rip those one-timers. And I think that was the one thing that you didn't get last night. You wanted to see a continuation of that from Eichel and credit the Jets. They were in the right spot, kind of taking that away. But then when they're taking that away, they're cheating to one side. You've got to be able to make those quick passes to take advantage of it. Yeah, and and, and I can't remember who it was last night that, that called and talked about the power play. And, you know, they said, hey, look, I, I know it technically doesn't count mm-hmm. as a power play goal. But in their mind, it's a power play goal. And I, I, I tend to agree. Like, yeah, you know what? It, it doesn't show up on the stat sheet as a power play goal. But the goal comes on the hard work that second unit did yep. when they were out there on the power play because – if they if they don't put in the, the effort, they don't score that goal. So while it, it did come two seconds after an expiration of, of the power play, in my mind, I'm I'm totally with the caller. It's a power play goal because you you have to put yourself in position to score that goal, and you don't do that without busting your hump yeah. when you're out there on on the on the power play. All right, great stuff. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out of the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, that was me, Chris, who espoused that that really was a power play, even though statistically we won't get credit for a PP and uh, or a goal at that point. Now, the the thing is, this is what happened, and you just said it. You dressed the elephant in the room, uh, Ryan. You said Winnipeg finally took away the Jack Eichel ability to just slam the puck in, mm-hmm. but we set the mood for better power play activity. And it's got to carry over now. We've got to continue doing that. Uh, and that, that is such an integral part of going forward and winning rounds two and three and beyond. So I'm happy, obviously. Do I think this is where we should be? Yeah, number one against number eight, you should be three to one, mm-hmm. even though it's been a long, winding road to get here. But you should be three to one. The question is, guys, why are teams blowing three goal leads now? <laughs> that's the game, Mike. Like that's <laughs> where that's where hockey is these days. There's too many talented players in the league. Certainly, too many talented players in in terms of playoff teams. And you know, you you can't necessarily look at any lead as being safe today. Like as long as you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl playing in a hockey game, 
you're you're never comfortable with any lead, whether it's a one goal lead or a five goal lead. You're never comfortable, and it's the playoffs, right? Like no one's gonna just pack it in because they're they're losing by three goals in the first period, second period, or third period. Like it's just the way the game is right now. Well, I I'll, I'll, I'll add yeah. that I think it's also there's a lot of parity in the league. Like there's really not much difference between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. If I mean, yeah, you you could look at. The, 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 we'll past, the past history. But in terms of players on the ice, yeah. like you look at the, the top lines, and both of those teams are absolutely loaded. Like, sure. like they have the elite of the elite players in the league. You mentioned Edmonton. I mean, elite, elite players. Leon Dreisaitl might be the second best player in the world. Sure. And so there, there, there's so much parity. And like you mentioned, teams aren't just going to pack it in like they might in the regular season, like there's no tomorrow. Exactly, yeah. And, and that's that's really kind of what it boils down to is you've got you've got a lot of talented players and, you know, it's not game 16 of 82. It's one game out of seven, right, that, that you've got to find a way to win. Yeah, one game out of seven, and then that's another game after that and so on and so on. Now, since both teams, both series, cannot go past May 1, as long as they're played out to their conclusion, is there a any kind of a game plan where the NHL knows when the second round will begin? My guess is it would be at the end of of the first round. Um, I I would imagine that you're not getting second round games until after May first. Now, I mean, it depends. Like if Vegas and LA, Edmonton wraps up early, maybe there's a chance. But generally speaking, the NHL. Uh, doesn't start the second round until the first round's concluded. Okay. Do you, do you guys have any preference, Kings or Oilers, at this point? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? That's a really interesting question, Mike, and thank you for the call. I I don't know. I don't know if I have a preference. Like, I'd like to say that I do, but I think the way that Los Angeles has played against Edmonton and what you're getting right now out of Leon Dreisaitl and I'm saying Leon Dreisaitl because he's been the best player in that series, hands down. Not McDavid, not even close. The way Dreisaitl's playing right now, it, it almost feels like he's inevitable. He will not be stopped. He is Thanos. So in, in, in saying all that, it's going to be tough whoever it is. Whether it's L.A., whether it's Edmonton, it doesn't really matter. It has the makings of a phenomenal second-round series should the Golden Knights close things out against the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I don't I don't particularly have a preference other than that the Golden Knights win on Thursday and that series goes seven games yeah. and, they, and they beat the living hell out of each other. <laughs> um, look, L.A.'s getting players back. Fiala back in the lineup helps for sure. So, so you know, it's, it's now a best-of-three series yep. for those two. Um, L.A., I think they they feel like maybe they let one get away yep. on Sunday night, but they may they may have stolen one on Friday night. So, um, you know, it, it's been an unbelievably it, it, entertaining the, series. The series belongs at what it is. It's a 2-2 series through four games. That's what it is. Let's take one more phone call due to our phone lines being down for the first 15 minutes. Rob, you're on the air. What's going on, bud? Hey, guys. I definitely would take the Kings... Uh, I think we match up better, and psychologically, I think uh, we own the Kings compared to uh, Edmonton. But talking about the Golden Knights now, what I like about it is I think it matters who is score, who's playing the best, and I think your best players need to pull the team, and that's what's happening. You know, Eichel, Stone, especially after the first game, mm-hmm. you know, 
it, you know, as much as I like Amadio, and I like everybody who's got a, a goal that I jersey, there's a difference when Amadio scores a goal or when Stone does or Eichel does. They, they pull everybody with them. Mm-hmm. You see it with, with Stone and Howden. Howden is making up, you know, let's be honest, Stone is not fast, but Howden is making up for it because he's fast. Stevenson's fast, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Stone, it's like he's got a new toy. You saw it on the, the, the closeout goal last night where he, he set him up, the, you know, Howden missed it, and then he sets him up again perfectly. Sure. And it's like you could just see him, like, cheering as soon as he hit it off the boards. And I just think it matters. Your stars have to carry the teams in the playoffs, especially the deeper you go. Like you said, you talked about dry it, To me, it, it, it matters, and that's a, that's a good sign for the Golden Knights that the guys that are playing the best right now are their best players. Yeah, I, I think you're right there, Rob, and uh, thanks for the call. I, you know, I look at the Golden Knights as certainly a team that's got a lot of depth, and you've had different heroes every night. But, you know, when you look at the score sheet, right, Chandler Stevenson, three straight multi-point games. Mark Stone has that huge, huge answer in game number two, and he's been on the score sheet three consecutive games now, just making plays, doing the right things. Jack Eichel has gotten significantly better every single game that he's played throughout his playoff career. Right now it's four games deep. So your, your point's well taken. I think Alex Petrangelo has been fantastic, and the best players for the Golden Knights have been their best players. But they've been getting contributions everyone in the lineup and that's what has afforded them a 3-1 series lead with an opportunity to close things out on Thursday in game number five speaking of game number five if you want to go to game number five we will be qualifying you to enter into a drawing to potentially win those tickets what do you get today if you get qualified well you get a hat you get a VGK hat courtesy of Porta Subs we'll be doing that a little bit later on in the show So we have an opportunity for you to qualify for a pair of tickets to game number five. We'll chat with Darren Millard on the other side of the break. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Long here on a Tuesday. Murphy's Law in full effect for Chris Chapman. Phone lines. While we were able to get them up and running, back half of the first segment... Dialing out seems to be an issue. Chapman, I asked you earlier what your 1 to 10 anger level was at the phone lines. Where are we at now? Well, What's the update? Ryan, I'm going to try very hard to not drop an <laughs> F-bomb here. But well, you got the delay on, right? Yeah, so everything's no, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I'd like to have that conversation with, with Q. Yeah, well, well, Q, I, I, I had the the delay on, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, my... my just, don't, just, don't, just don't do it twice. Yes, well, you could get away with everything once. Exactly. Um, yeah, my 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 anger level is is. Uh, well, you were at a seven earlier. It's rising okay. fast. Where are we at now? I want a number. Ten. Oh, you're at ten. Like um, you're oh, oh, you're yeah. peaked out right now. Uh, no, no, I can still go higher. Oh, okay, you yeah. can go to eleven. Oh yeah, Fantastic. I can definitely go to eleven. So if you hear something smash, <laughs> so so if you're driving around the valley and you hear like this smash. Yeah, just know that that was our phone. So uh, why do you think it was able to take incoming calls, but it's not allowing you to dial outgoing? Because we have, and and I say this. Oh no, we have the absolute crappiest phone system I've, I've ever seen. First of all, the, the plot the, thickens. The the, the phone the, the phone is so old that it's from Radio Shack. Yeah, 
the board that that we use <laughs> to connect the calls to to to, to patch them through yep, yep. is missing buttons. Yeah, you don't need those. No, no. And I assume at one point you were supposed to just be able to dial a number because there's a dial. I've pad. actually seen that happen before, like dialing the number from the little keypad there. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, in a lot, not in a long time, but I, I've seen that happen. See now, now the Raiders, they they have the nice phone, the Raider Studio, the Raider oh, Station. No. They have they have a great phone. Shouldn't have asked. Like, like it's it's like modern and it's got like video stuff on it. <laughs> not from Radio Shack. Well, that might be. The most interesting thing that has happened on the program today, the Golden Knights taking a 3-1 series lead by virtue of a 4-2 victory last night in Winnipeg, taking both games in Winnipeg. Darren Millard was there in Winnipeg for both of those games. Darren, um, I know it's taken a lot to get you on here. How you doing, buddy? I was drinking. They was busy. Was Mike on the line? Uh, he was in, in segment one. Mike did call, um, asked about when round number two would start. So he's feeling pretty confident. Got to like that. Um, what <laughs> what what stood out most to you about the the two games set up in Winnipeg for the Golden Knights? Uh, they got they got pushed, and uh, they they've got this resolve and this ability to yeah. uh, take in uh, adversity and not be flustered by it. I think that uh, that resonates right from the goaltender and, and generates some calm. Uh, on out, uh, remember Slaw just got, uh, this, this, um, face that never shows any emotion. Mm-hmm. It's just stoic. And, uh, that, uh, that's the part that, uh, that, uh, really, uh, struck me. That, that could have been chaos going into overtime, uh, in game number three. And they didn't, uh, wobble at all. They came out and they played a really respectable overtime. And uh, and uh, had a couple of power plays, but uh, but uh, took advantage of of a, of a great opportunity, but didn't push it, didn't take any big chances. And mm-hmm. then in game uh, four last night, they got uh, pushed in the third period, and and once that puck went went in, uh, they they just locked it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that uh, you can talk about depth and and uh, power play and Jack Eichel and. Chandler Stevenson, who's having uh, an amazing series, uh, but uh, but just the the full team resolve and resiliency is uh, is one that uh, that that struck me in in a tough tough environment. That that place was rocking in, the, in both third periods. You know, it, it's interesting because the the growth from game to game, right? Like you get pushed, and the Winnipeg Jets kind of complete that comeback, push it to overtime in Game Three. But as you mentioned, like when when Winnipeg scored to make it three two last night, I thought the Golden Knights were as dialed in defensively as they had been all game long, and and they were pretty determined to not allow that to get back to overtime. I thought it was a great defensive effort from the Golden Knights in the third period. Yeah, and I think uh, what we talked about a lot going into Game Number Two has has struck uh, a chord with this group. Uh, one of the missing factors in the opener was urgency, uh, not necessarily uh, emotion. I think the guys were pretty fired up about that game, but 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 urgency and and really, if anything, they probably held back, trying not to be too involved and uh, and too emotional. Uh, but uh, they they had the urgency in game two. Uh, they certainly had it uh, in in game three. In the sense of uh, scoring their their first two shots and and uh, and played their first 
best first period of the series to date. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you've seen that uh, in, in the last three games, that urgency, the execution, those the two buzzwords going into game number two that we uttered over and over. And uh, that, that's been a uh, switch that's been flipped. Uh, I don't think that they've dominated the series but uh, they've taken advantage of opportunities uh, when when they, they they've had them, and uh, that resiliency has shown through in the fact that they've they've uh, allowed the first goal in three of the four games. Mm. But they're up three games to one in the set. So when you look at it for the Golden Knights going into game number five on Thursday, like there's an opportunity to close out the series. That's your first objective, but. If they're able to do that in Game 5, how much does the rest between series really help this team to, to kind of push toward a longer playoff run? Well, it, it's an absolute weapon. Yeah. I can tell you from talking to players uh, off the record, uh, which means I will not uh, be attributing <laughs> names uh, or specific comments, uh, that that Game 3 took a bite out of everybody. Mm-hmm. It was the most physical game of the series, not from a nasty standpoint, and there was a little bit of that, but just from a pure physical point of, uh, of view. Uh, everybody on both sides finished checks, and then it went deep. Uh, and Vegas was able to bounce up their line, but uh, lineups, but nice time. They still uh, definitely uh, racked up bumps and bruises. Guys, guys were sore. Uh, the next day, yeah. uh, when when they did their their big steam stretch, and nobody from that game skated uh, on the off day, and then when they did get on the ice uh, uh, yesterday for the morning skate, there were some uh, some uh, uh, type uh, reactions uh, to it. That's and I said to one player, like we're we're three games in. This was before the game last night. Mm-hmm. We're three games in. And he said, I know. Uh, that's that's how hard that game three was, and Winnipeg came out and uh, threw 21 hits in the first period last night, uh, and they were legitimate hits. Mm-hmm. I thought the the hit totals were dramatically inflated uh, at at T-Mobile Arena, uh, but uh, but the 21-11 yesterday in the first period uh, was 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 legit, and uh, it, it curtailed uh, drew back uh, throughout the game, but uh, but that that. Gap. If you could have that gap between the first round and the second round, would be massive on so many uh, so many levels. But just first and foremost, from a, from a getting past those bumps and bruises and feeling great about yourself. Couple of goals last night for Brett Howden uh, alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. What what is it that works with Brett Howden playing alongside Stevenson and Stone? Well, I, I, the speed. Yeah, uh, that's uh, I. I the thing I like about Brett's game is uh, his uh, buzz uh, burr on the saddle. That's what's jumped out uh, to me. Uh, and I've been talking about. I told Brett this uh, that uh, that I appreciate uh, his his goal scoring because I've been talking about his game for a while now, and he's really made me look uh, like a, like a hockey genius in, in the sense of of how well he's propelled his game uh, to to the uh, front uh, and center of of the uh, the people in Las Vegas Valley and the National Hockey League right now. Uh, but the, the speed is the one thing that uh, that complements Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson the most. And the but the part that's allowed him uh, so so the speed helps Mark and and Chandler. But the part that's helped Brett be successful is he's playing with so much confidence. Probably the most confident that he's ever played in the National Hockey League. 
And so that's allowing him to be successful and, and be in certain spots or take shots and uh, grab that rebound uh, and, and, and put it home instead of uh, just automatically looking for somebody else after his first shot is blocked. And think, that didn't work. i got to get it to the two, two stars. Uh, so that, that, um, that part has been uh, wonderful to watch on, on the Brett Howden uh, part. And he still has the ability to be really physical and get pucks back. But uh, on, on Chandler Stevenson's first goal uh, uh, in game three, start game three, it was Brett Houghton who was driving to the net. And when Chandler peeled back and looked like he was going to dish it, I think that uh, threw uh, the defender off and threw uh, Connor Hellebuck uh, to thinking that that puck may go over. And it opened up uh, a short side uh, on, on Connor Hellebuck. And uh, the uh, the Chandler-Stevenson play uh, last last night where Stevenson rushes the puck, drives the gives it to Howden and drives the net. Uh Howden's able to keep right up with him and play that uh that puck. So it's uh I don't know whether it's gonna be a long term thing. Uh uh Bruce does move his lines around, but this has been really impressive and, and you'll hear uh from Bruce in in hour two. Uh I asked him about Brett Howden today mm-hmm. in the availability before flying back and uh and he's got some really complimentary things to, to say about Brett Howden, who uh who plays on the Prairie Express is what I'm calling them. <laughs> because they're from Manitoba and yeah. Saskatchewan, the three guys. But I've also been toying around. They're all three new dads. Okay. So uh a pops line could be could be one. Uh, there's 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 something there with all three of them being new fathers uh, as well. Uh, so we got to come up with something cool uh, with those guys. And call the, them the insomniac line because yeah, yeah, they're the, not the, getting yeah. any sleep. The, the yeah. broken sleep line. That's perfect. Yeah, well done. Exactly. Totally. Uh, so how how are things going with you know your friends that were chirping you before the series started? Like, what's the outlook right now? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was great. <laughs> uh, we, we, we had a couple of, uh, good visits. Uh, we had one really good night, uh, Saturday night, uh, uh, in Winnipeg at, uh, a place called the Yellow Dog Pub. We, we, mm. we put in a good shift, uh, that night. Dave, uh, Gosher and Darren Elliott actually came over. They recorded the podcast there, uh, in a back corner, actually, BGK today. Uh, so, so we, uh, we had a, we had a good time with the, with the fellas, but, uh, and the friends, but, uh, they're, they're, they're really disappointed. Winnipeg, the way they finished the season and managed to claw, I think they had an up-down season. They were first in the West, and they were battling to get in, and they finally get in. Uh, they had some high expectations the way they uh, were able to turn things around at the end. But uh, they feel resigned uh, without Josh Morrissey and potentially without Mark Shifley. Uh, that, that even if they push it a little bit, mm. uh, it's... It, it, it's not going to be long, and hey, we've all been there, knowing the injuries and how hard it is. Nobody ever gives up, and that certainly won't be the case Thursday. But that tumble into the boards by Mark Shifley yesterday, and then the subsequent reaction to the to the shot that didn't look like somebody who was going to be able to walk it off. Yeah, yeah, just a tough break, obviously, for the Winnipeg Jets. Not only with Josh Morrissey, but. Uh, the latest injury to Mark Shifley. Hey, um, we're up against it because, you know, the, the phones weren't working earlier, and, and that was kind of a big issue with Chapman. He has gotten pretty upset, but we're going to let Chapman. you go. Chapman. Yeah. Chapman. Oh, oh, he's got words of yes, wisdom. Yes, yes. Chapman, Chapman, listen to me, okay? Okay. You and I, we are 
just a face of calm. <laughs> Nothing rattles us. And if things don't work, here's the best advice I can give you. Wasn't me. And I'll just sit back and enjoy the moment of not having to do anything. Yes. So, yes, I like so that. It. So so don't don't if the phones aren't working, don't be don't be panicking. Don't be anxiety driven. Don't be uh, rattling things around. Just sit back and go, ah, guess we won't do that right now. Ah, and, I and, guess we and, won't and do that right now. I like okay, that. Buddy? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay. By the way, I hope you consoled the uh, bionic woman last night. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't see him after. Uh, that's Jamie <laughs> Thomas, uh, the Jets radio uh, analyst. We were, we were uh, talking about his name. Uh, Jamie Summer uh, is the... Uh, was the bionic woman. Uh, you missed a lot. <laughs> Let's just, just, just tell you that. Uh, uh, we, we, we covered a lot of ground in, in our 90 minutes yesterday. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah. Get some rest, buddy. And we will hang out tomorrow at the oil. How's that sound? That's awesome. See you, buddy. All right. That is Darren Millard. Uh, another day of travel for Mallard. But we're going to segue into an awesome opportunity for you. Caller number 9, 702-876-1340. Caller number 9. If you are caller number 9, you are going to win a VGK hat courtesy of Porta Subs, and you'll be entered into a drawing for the potential to win a pair of tickets to game number 5 on Thursday against the Winnipeg Jets. Caller number 9, you have won a hat courtesy of Porta Subs and an opportunity for game 5 tickets. We're back with more on the VGK Insider Show.